Hallelujah. See, the, the Father, I think it's amazing when we read the Bible about the heart of Jesus when he was telling the disciples that it's actually going to be better that I go away because the Holy Spirit will come. They, they just couldn't get it. Like, how could that be better? How could it be better that you go away? He's like, this, because the Spirit, he, he knew that the same Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that was upon him would, be, would come upon everyone that was born again, everyone that was part of his body. The same Spirit that empowered him to do all the mighty works and the miracles that he did would be upon every one of you. And he said, it's going to be better. Because I'm going to be with you. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God will be with you. He will be in you. He'll be upon you. And greater works than these shall they do. I think that's actually more exciting than you, you realize. And Jesus was saying, it is better for me, better for you that I go away. Because this is what we, the promise that we have. And, you know, I really believe that the Father is wanting to wake us up to the truth of what this magnificent promises are what the word of God actually says that he really wants us to not just settle and accept what we've become used to seeing but start to look and start to contend for what we see and read about in the Bible every day amen I remember as a young woman um after the Holy Spirit really did a, a wonderful work of deliverance and healing in my own life I just became absolutely desperate to see the hand of God begin to really touch and heal people. I wanted to see miracles uh, so much because I was reading about it. I'd read about it in the Gospels. I'd read about it in the book of Acts and think to myself, there is no way that, that I'm reading this and he's saying that these signs shall follow those who believe that when you go into a place, heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God's come upon them. There, there's, this must be, this must be for today. And I'd seen a few little healings. I'd seen a few things happen. And I mean, I'd seen miracles in my own life. Uh, I remember once, and I was sharing this the other night, that um, when I was 14, I was in a healing meeting at a, uh, at a, a big church here in Brisbane. And I'd actually done letterbox drops for the, for the speaker. Ralph Wilkerson was coming out. And I didn't know who he was, but he was American and it was going to be good. So I just I did the letterbox drop with all the youth group. And we went along to the meetings. And we were so excited. And I remember at one point he said, put your hand on the part of your body that needs to be healed. And I'd had a um, compound fracture from a trampolining accident. I was trying to... I was, doing my first state titles in trampolining and warming up, I had a terrible accident and both of the bones in my arm, in my forearm, came through the skin and it was really messy, blood everywhere, I made a terrible mess, didn't actually get to do any more trampolining. And they had to put pins in and, and it was very messy, they had a few operations and I was still in a cast, even though it had been a couple of months. And... Um, I'd severed a nerve to my thumb, so I, I couldn't move my thumb like that. And the doctor said, well, the specialist told me that I should really just be happy that that was all that happened because it was a very bad, very bad compound fracture. 
And he said, that will never heal. That, that's going to be that way for the rest of your life. Anyway, so I thought, I'll put my hand on my thumb. Put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. And there would have been 2,000 people there. And then he just prayed a simple prayer. He said, I, I can't even remember what he said. He just prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and to heal bodies. And then he said, do something you couldn't do before. And so I just began to move my thumb. And I went, Mom, look, I can move my thumb. And you know, that might not seem like a big miracle to you, but for me it was so amazing. I went from having no capacity to make my head move my thumb because the nerves were not connected, they'd been severed, to all of a sudden, wow, God. And it was wonderful. I mean, we sold the trampoline, bought a piano, and I became a music teacher. Hallelujah. <laughs> couldn't have played the piano if I couldn't move my thumb, by the way. But for me, I knew, oh, that was God. And we have these bits of history in our Christian walks with God that he wants us to remember. I remember as a, a little girl, soon after I'd given my heart to the Lord, I was about 12, I had to come home. Um, and mum had put new deadlocks on the doors and mum really knew how to lock the house like there were triple locks and and she had these new deadlocks and and I had to get into the house when I got home from school and find the key and then try to unlock this door and I tried 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 until I was at the point of tears thinking I can't make this work and so I said help God click and it opened and I went in and I remember I went down on my knees and I went thank you God you opened the door for me now for me I knew God did that for me for other people that might seem like well whatever she figured out how to use a key but I knew God did that for me and it went in my little book at night time God opened the door for me Years later, I was in a, um, a meeting in America and um, people had, someone had said, oh, you know, they'd started to um, give me a hard time about ministering in other places and, you know, oh, you know, it's probably just because someone said something about you that they've, that door's opened or something. And they were, I was beginning to question, Lord, are you opening the doors? And I hadn't thought much about it that day, but I was worshipping. And all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me of that time when he'd opened the door for me. And then he said, I'm still opening doors for you, Catherine. I'm crying. Oh, God. It's part of my history with God. But, you know, I believe that the Lord wants us all to, to learn how to feed on his faithfulness. I want to share a little scripture with you from Psalm 37. It's so good. The whole psalm is just wonderful. But it says this. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. 
Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And as we read that, I, I think about what it means to feed on his faithfulness and to rest in him. Now, this week, I've been responding to um, the prophetic word that came out at the summit about wisdom. And I just determined I want to respond to that word. God, I need wisdom. You said if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. So I've been going to him saying, I need wisdom. Yes, I like wisdom. Give it to me, God. I need the wisdom of God. And I've been, I just decided I would uh, really study Proverbs for this month and, and just spend a month really digging into the book of Proverbs. I mean, it's a book written by the wisest man who ever lived, given wisdom from God. And, it, and, uh, and it's just magnificent wisdom for us. And as I've been uh, just reading it, I remembered Brian Simmons had talked about how it was the story of two women, uh, the adulterous woman and the virtuous bride in Proverbs 31. But as I look at it, I actually see a story of three women in the book of Proverbs. I see this adulterous woman or sin. I see wisdom, who's personified as a woman. And then in Proverbs 31, the bride of Christ. And as I've been looking through it, and, you, and I might share more about this on Sunday. We'll see how the Holy Spirit leads. But wisdom's crying out in the streets saying, come here. And the adulterous woman's out in the streets saying, come here. And as a woman, it's been a little bit hard to sort of relate on, a, you know, on one level to that. I'm like, I really don't know that I need to keep reading over and over again about this, avoid this adulterous woman that's going to call you into her bedroom. I'm like, it's actually not really a temptation for me. <laughs> so I've been, I've been realizing that Proverbs is actually parabolic too. It speaks on so many levels. And so for me, I'd read Proverbs and like, yeah, 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 we'll get to like chapter, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, starts to get more relevant to me. But actually, when I began to see that this was, this was sin being personified as something outside, external, continually trying to pull us in and trying to call to us, and at the same time, wisdom's there calling to us, saying, come, come, come here, I began to realize that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, as I'd read about the spirit of wisdom calling to us, it's the same words that's used to describe our wonderful God, his magnificent goodness, his magnificent kindness. And it's the same spirit of wisdom that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, that you may know the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And so... I've just been spending some time this week saying, Lord, I just want to fellowship with the spirit of wisdom. I just got alone with God on my bed and I just spent, oh, God, I need, to, I need to fellowship with the spirit of wisdom. <sighs> and delight myself in you as I'm reading the Proverbs and I get still and I just say, Lord, I just want to fellowship with you. I need your wisdom. You said if anyone lacks, he could ask. So I just want to fellowship with the spirit of wisdom and enjoy your presence and spend time with you. And as I just got still and, and, and began to just deliberately say, I want to fellowship with the spirit of wisdom. 
suddenly I'd start to have these wonderful ideas. God dropped an idea in my head within three minutes about uh, changing the title of my next book. And um, even though it's all been set and all done, it was a really good idea. So I wrote to our publishers. I said, just had some time with God. He had a really good idea. What do you think we should just change this? They said, well, we'll have to take it to the marketing people. And they came back and they said, this is a really good idea. And they changed everything. I thought, oh, in three minutes, God, you're so smart. If I'd done that three months ago, it would have saved everybody a lot of trouble. But, you know, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be more help to us than we've ever understood. He wants to encourage us. I was this afternoon, I was spending some time with the Lord and I was, I actually just said to him, Lord, please encourage me. I was feeling a little discouraged about a couple of things. And so I said, Lord, please encourage me. And when I say that, I actually get a little bit happier because I know he hears me and he loves to help. So I, I, I just said that and then I started to open my Bible and I was just beginning to enjoy the, the word, spent some time, put some worship on. And all of a sudden, I got a message from Adam Thompson over in America. And, uh, and then we called, and he said, I, he, he and Adrian were there, and um, he said, just had you really strongly on my heart today to pray for you. And then he just began to prophesy, the Lord's going to give you great favor in the Middle East. God's going to give you great favor with crusades in Israel. And, and they just began to prophesy all this encouragement, not knowing anything about Middle East TV coming up, not knowing anything about doors that are starting to open for us in Israel. And I was so encouraged because it was in, within minutes of me asking, please encourage me, Lord. You know, I believe God wants to be a better friend to you than you've ever understood. He is more wonderful than the very best friend you could ever imagine. He's more amazing than we've ever even allowed ourselves or dared to believe in that he wants to actually do life with us. He wants to speak to you. He wants to comfort you. And he wants to make himself so real to you. You know, when Adam, Adam and Adrian called, they were on FaceTime, I saw them there in the car, they'd pulled over on the side just to say, we really felt strongly to call you. I nearly cried. I thought, God, you're so kind. Here they are. You've just stopped them over there in America because I've asked you to encourage me. Thank you, Jesus. You love me so much. And he enjoys it when we begin to recognize that as we would take time to delight ourselves in him, he gives us the desires of our heart. He just wants to help. He just wants to encourage us. He's our helper. Hallelujah. Our ever-present help in time of need. Our wonderful Jesus. He says, don't fret. Trust in God. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. You know, sometimes we can get so easily distracted into feeding on that which is not the faithfulness of God. We've been having uh, some wonderful meetings this week. I was ministering out at GCC West on Wednesday night and um, saw some outrageous, wonderful miracles. We had one lady, um, she came for prayer and she was so swollen and bloated. Um, she had a very bad... Um, 
irritable bowel syndrome, but she looked like she was nine months pregnant. She was so bloated. She would say that herself. And I went to pray for her, and she was in a lot of pain. And we just prayed. The Spirit of God moved. And she went to the bathroom and came back about 15 minutes later saying, do you know, did you see how big my stomach was? She said, look what's happened. And her stomach had completely gone back to a normal size. Amazing. It was so awesome. It was so awesome. And then another man um, who had lost most of the hearing in his ear, the Lord just restored his hearing so he could hear again. And I, I, I was excited to see that. But before the meeting, I had to feed on God's faithfulness. I had to encourage myself in the Lord because I'd had a bit of a cold, wasn't feeling 100% myself. And when you're feeling a little discouraged, it can be really hard to be feeling like you're full of faith. Praise the Lord that just don't live by feelings, but that the just live by faith. Hooray. Thank God that we've been set free from us. Because if we had to live, you know, and, and, and do life as us, it would be very disappointing. Because it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us is actually the reality. That's why he's excited. That's why the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Because he's going to wake up a bride to begin to recognize that it's no longer them, but Christ who lives in them. Hallelujah. And so I had to get deliberate during the afternoon, though, to remember and to feed on the faithfulness of God. To remind myself, okay, God, help me to think about the miracles, the healings that you've done. And you know, often when you're feeling a little discouraged, it can be difficult to, to remember them, to, to bring them to remembrance. And I've seen so many. And so I just began to think. I, I, I remembered a, the, the Korean lady that I ministered to last year that um, had been deaf since she was six. And, and then she'd gone back to the doctor after the Lord had opened her ear and he confirmed she had a completely newly formed eardrum and she was completely restored. And she'd given me this beautiful painting to bring all the way home from Korea. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. She's an artist um, and they had to actually get her permission to bring it out of the country. And I looked at it and I reminded myself, God, I know that that cannot be you know, some psychosomatic thing. You, know, you either hear or you can't. If you're completely deaf and suddenly you can hear and the doctor's saying, I don't know how this has happened, you've got a new eardrum, that is a miracle and I will give you glory for it. Hallelujah. And then I'd think about, yeah, okay. And there were four other people that had completely deaf ears and they got their ears open. And then that happened in England. Yes, God, there were four people in England got their completely deaf ears open. And, I, and then I thought about the ones that hadn't got their ears open and it made me even more encouraged because I realised it really takes a miracle to open a deaf ear. And we've got to be people who deliberately feed on God's faithfulness, that we don't just take whatever the enemy is offering because he will come and he will offer a whole range of things. Let's think about this. Let's come into the drama. Let's think about this sad thing or this difficult situation or let's think about how you're feeling. You have to recognize his ugly voice, his sin 
out there saying, come here. He's out there going, come, it's going to be nice. You'll like it. And actually, it's going to kill you. That's a paraphrase of, par- of Proverbs. <laughs> the wages of sin is death. But he dresses it up to sound like it's going to be a good idea. Come on, let's just, let's just have some me time. Why don't you just think about, well, poor you. Isn't that t- let's think about how awful those people are. Yes, that, yeah, you've got to feel good if you do that. Have you ever heard that voice? That's the adulterous woman trying to beckon you away from God, the spirit of wisdom, who wants to comfort you, encourage you, help you feed on faithfulness. He's there going, come on. And we've got to say, no, not going there. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, God. I've been set free from me. Thank you, Jesus, that sin has no hold on me. Hooray. Thank you, God, that I've been set free from sin, that you've given me power to say no, hallelujah, and to embrace truth, to lay hold of truth. I choose with this powerful free will you've given me. I choose what is life-giving, what is truth, what is hope. Now, when you're tired, it can seem like an easy option just to fall into an old habit or you know, go down a track. It takes some energy to actually, no, I'm going to think about something good. No, I'm going to make a good choice. I'm going to choose life. But when you do, you've got all of heaven backing you. It's like you take one step and they're right there supporting you, encouraging you, helping you. But we've got to also know that there is an enemy. There is a, a, a strong attack that will try to come against you to keep you from making that first step. And it's a choice that we get to do every day. What are you going to feed on? What are you going to, when you wake up in the morning, are you going to feed on, well, let's think about all the things that aren't going the way I want them to go. Or you can wake up and say, thank you, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Jesus. I reckon myself dead today and alive to Christ. Oh, that's good news. What do you look like? You are altogether wonderful. You're holy. You're pure. You're lovely. You're true. You're powerful. And it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me as you are. So am I in this world. Thank you, God. That means that I am holy. I am clean. I've confessed my sin and you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I am forgiven. I am loved. I am justified by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. As I've exchanged my sin, I've received the mercy of God. Today I walk in righteousness and holiness because that's who I am. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. I've been set free from the old sin and I am now a new creation in Christ filled with the power of God to be able to walk in holiness. Hallelujah. Today I live in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm raised up with him. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Oh, it's nice up here, God. Hallelujah. And when the enemy goes, come on, let's think about the drama. Let's talk about the drama. Let's have a think about this. You go, yeah, no. 
no, that doesn't seem like a good idea. It's nice here, right? Just this peace and joy. Here there's space to begin to dream. Here's there's space to be able to hear the thoughts of God. As you fix your heart and your mind deliberately to fellowship with the spirit of wisdom and go, yes, God. And you ignore the drama that tries to call to you and say, come on, get upset about this. Think about this. You've got to walk. What are you going to do? Da, 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 da. You get instead to, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to live that life anymore. Hooray. Thank you, Jesus. You'll be surprised at the love that he sheds abroad in your heart so that when you have to deal with that, you can do it from a place of absolute rest, seated with him in heavenly places. And you don't get drawn into it, but you get to live above it. What can you do to feed on the faithfulness of God today? Have you got history with God? Is there anything you can remember when he spoke to you? I've got journals that have been from when I was 12 years old. That's 1982, 83. Where I've written in them things that God's done. God gave me a prophetic word. God spoke to me. I love that chorus tonight because it really spoke to my heart. Little things, it might not be a big deal to other people, but that you know that you know that you know God did that for me. This person came and told me this tonight. Or God gave me this scripture. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? This stuff is food for you. You are allowed to remember this. In fact, you are encouraged to make it a diet to actually feed on it, to think about it. Mm, yeah, that was nice. That was lovely. That wasn't that nice. Oh, wow. But it's the thing that the enemy will send his fruit bats in to try and clear out of your thinking and clear out of your mind because he doesn't want you to enjoy the faithfulness of God. He doesn't want you to come into rest and thanksgiving and hope for the future. He comes and he tries to... To, to eat up and steal these things. So it's a good thing, I think, to write it down. Just to keep a, a little notebook beside your bed at the end of the day. Make a couple of notes of a couple of things God did for you that day. If you write it down, you can, when you're having a hard time, you can open it up and go, Yeah, 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 God, thank you. And we enter his presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. Hallelujah. He wants to help you all the time. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us because he wants to do much, much more. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or imagine. When you start living in that space of righteousness, peace, and joy, set free, from the, the old drama life. Anyone else have a drama life? Like, ah, trying to drag the drama life into the, into the peace of, of God. It's like, no, just don't. Let it die. Just go, yeah, nah. Can't even be bothered with that. It's no longer me. That's not, I, that's not me. That's who I used to be. I used to live there. I don't live there anymore. This is where I live. It's good here. Up here in the, in the chair in the air. 
seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Hello. You know, we can be in the most wonderful, privileged position. And if we're not aware of it, if we're not opening our hearts and deliberately thinking about the goodness of God, remembering I have been raised up with him, crucified with him, buried with him, raised up with him, seated with him in heavenly places, I can be there and be on my phone scrolling through Facebook and comparing myself with everybody else and thinking about how terrible my life is and miss out on the reality of where I actually am. I can be seated with him in heavenly places with the Lord looking at me lovingly and I can be distracted by, oh, I can't believe these people are saying this about me. Or, oh, I can't believe they would do that. What am I going to do about that situation? Oh, this is concerning. When actually you're in the throne room and the most favoured place with Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, the, the, with the angels and the elders, that's, that's where he is, seated in heavenly places. And we are seated with him. It's like really wonderful. But if we don't let ourselves actually become aware of that reality, we miss out on the truth. We miss out on the glory and the joy and the peace that he has for us. So I just say no more. I'm not going to be robbed anymore. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be deceived anymore to get my focus on that which is not pure and lovely and of a good report. It's a yucky way to live. It's stressful. And the Lord has called us to live in a place where we delight ourselves in him and then he just drops his desires into our hearts. And then he says, and I'll show you how I'm going to do it. And then he gives you the faith to believe it. And you come into agreement. And you go, that's an awesome idea. And then he gives you power to pray into it. And you, heaven and earth collide and bang, glorious stuff happens. And people say, how is this happening? And you'll go, isn't he wonderful? It's a good idea. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. It's pretty good, especially if you're in the drama place feeling very faint and very discouraged. Like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm not going to stay here anymore. That's yuck. No, actually, I reckon myself dead. Hooray. Oh, what a relief. I don't even have to deal with that woman. Hallelujah. As he is, so am I in this world. Much better. Thank you, Jesus. Recalibration of a Holy Ghost nature by the Spirit of God. Romans 6. Hallelujah. Good book. I think you should read that chapter. Excellent idea. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to touch and heal some people here tonight. I believe he wants to minister to people. And I believe that he wants to demonstrate his goodness and his power with miracles and signs and wonders. Do you believe it? Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> because if you do, you can just reach out and receive it right now. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Father, I just ask for your presence, Lord, to come and just encourage these people. Father, I'm asking, Lord, everyone watching too, Lord, that you would minister to them. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would come and you would stretch forth your hand to heal, Lord. 
and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus, for you are faithful and just and true. Lord, we worship you. We give you honor.